Hello and welcome to The Roundtable, a Next Generation Politics podcast. Next Generation Politics is a cross-partisan nonprofit building a movement of young people committed to building bridges across various divides. I'm Inika Kodestane, and this week Sarah Chow, Ria Mehta, and I spoke with Amruta Pagad, a really thoughtful journalist, blogger, and podcaster from Bengaluru, India. Amrutha hosts the podcast India Off the Record, a reporter's diary, covering real life in India. She gave us great perspective on how COVID-19 is playing out in India, a country with one of the lowest reported rates of the virus, yet one of the highest populations in the world, as well as on youth engagement in India's political and civic spheres. We think you'll enjoy this in-depth glimpse into the world's biggest democracy. Thank you for joining us. Hi, my name is Inika Kodestane, and I'm a sophomore from New Jersey. And I'm especially interested in journalism and media and how that all plays into politics and world news. Hi, um, I'm Juliana. I'm a high school senior in Manhattan. And I'm also very interested in journalism, especially as it relates to politics, but also specifically how media is covering COVID-19. Hi, I'm Ria. I'm a high school senior in Central New Jersey, and I'm interested in cross-partisanship and how the media can help foster a bipartisan environment. Uh, Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm a senior from New York, um, and I'm particularly interested in civic engagement, uh, especially for the youth and also uh, issues of immigration. So hopefully we can talk about how COVID-19 is affecting immigration right now. And uh, I am Amrita here all the way back in India, and I'm a journalist right now, and I'm working with a news channel. And uh, yeah, I'm basically interested in uh, what exactly is happening the world over and how politics is uh, shaping the world. So I think first, like, if you, um, we'd all be like, really interested to hear like um, the premise of like, your podcast and how that came to fruition and um, like what inspired you and like what your podcast is really about? My podcast is all about India of the record and it's um, mostly about what I report on a day-to-day basis. I don't do it regularly, but uh, whatever interests me, I just speak on it. And it's mostly the opinion pieces about uh, little tidbits that I wouldn't have uh, reported for a news channel or, you know, given my opinion out in the public that way. So that is like a personal experience kind of a thing that I record there. Transitioning into our discussion of COVID-19, do you want to give us a little bit of an idea of like how India is dealing with it and what you've seen in your experience and like your community's experience with the pandemic? Uh, yep, definitely. Um, COVID-19 or coronavirus is like the only thing that uh, most of the news channels or the newspapers are covering over here right now. And uh, India, in that manner, we may not have the um, numbers of infected or the death toll as compared to other countries, but uh, that is not exactly an estimate or what we can say the right number that tells the situation of the outbreak over here because uh, I think there were a lot of reports with regards to how India is not conducting as many tests uh, with regards to COVID-19 as other countries are doing. So the numbers that we have right now with us uh, may not accurately depict the situation. And uh, India is working towards uh, building more labs and conducting more tests. But uh, yes, it is uh, somewhere lagging behind all of those checks. A lot of people who are coming through the airports, which is the main place where all of these people are being quarantined or 
suspected of having COVID-19, uh, they are being uh, you know, kind of filtered out. From there also, several people are getting out, some are fleeing quarantine and uh, some are just um, uh, not being, some of the infected cases are not showing up during the screening at the airport. So that has become a huge problem, which has initially now resulted in the other infected cases. So that, that's how the scenario looks right now over here. Yeah, there's a lot of news being reported on kind of the government's actions, I guess, pertaining to COVID-19. But did you want to speak a little bit towards also like, I guess, the general attitudes towards the pandemic um, that you've seen in India? Yeah, yeah. Basically, I live in a metropolitan city and I do not think that uh, a city like this is an apt representation uh, for all over India because there are a lot of remote sections and uh, villages over here and the people, the outreach to the people out there is still unknown. But mostly since all of these cases are being reported uh, through airports and in cities, um, it can be said that uh, half of the population is serious about it while the other half is uh, not so serious about it. A lot of people are of the mind that, um, you know, it's coming in from foreign countries and it's not exactly originated in India. So it's not really a matter of concern and we could go about our days and all of that. Uh, but that being said, uh, over here in Bengaluru city or Bangalore in South India, it's uh, mostly an IT hub. It's called the Silicon Valley of India. So over here, people are more educated. And the IT companies over here are um, giving their employees work from home and all of that. But there are several other parts of India which have not taken it as seriously as they should to curb the spread in the initial stages. So can you like give us an idea about how government is playing into this? In the United States, like um, states are starting to assign curfews. There's like the whole social distancing thing. So is there any of that going on in India right now? Yes, definitely. Actually, um, so tomorrow is something called a Janata curfew, which is like a self-isolate yourself, which was a call given by a prime minister. So it was um, uh, by most um, critics of him, uh, it is being regarded as a lousy address to the nation with regards to COVID-19 and coronavirus. And um, most of it is to asking the citizens to practice social distancing by themselves. And a lot of organizations, a lot of um, uh, associations with regards to transport or um, hotels, restaurants and stuff, they have shown their support towards it. So tomorrow, that is Sunday, a lot of things across India are going to be shut down. It's not a curfew as such. It's not an enforcement, but it's a request to all of these citizens to uh, maintain a kind of discipline, maintain social distancing. And with all of the associations and all coming together and um, also giving support to the call given by prime minister, uh, there will be a lot less activity going on in terms of on the streets and all of that. But uh, that being said, it doesn't exactly address the issue altogether because um, uh, there is no funding that has been announced so far, which is why the prime minister is being criticized. And also while a, 
a certain section of the society can afford to stay at home and do all of that social distancing and not go for work. But all of those other sections of the people who are daily wage laborers who work um, to earn their bread and butter on a daily basis. So for them, it's a, it's a very disadvantageous thing because they will be thrown out of work and that will be a significant portion of people uh, not uh, earning their income on a day-to-day -day basis. And that being said about the states, uh, different states and different districts over here, they have some places imposed uh, curfews. They have their government orders in place. But um, uh, while in big cities, it is being uh, maintained to an extent. In the smaller cities and towns, it's not being followed at all. This is, a, it's unfortunate coronavirus hit during like, what is like American like college spring break because like a lot of people planned trips and like instead of trying to refund their trips they just went mm -hmm. to these like densely populated areas and like are just becoming like like because like you don't know if you have it like it, you could be asymptomatic and be spreading it to people and I was wondering like you mentioned that mm -hmm. like some people aren't taking it seriously how is the government responding to people taking it seriously because I think in America a lot of like the media just talks about like I think it's kind of like not shaming, but just like discouraging that kind of activity without actually like having any direct action to like stop these like huge gatherings in places like Florida and like, I don't know, wherever else people are like spring breaking. So I was wondering like in response to people like not taking the self-isolation seriously, like is there anything the government over there is doing? So uh, there are a lot of curfews and government orders in uh, place right now at several states and districts in them. And, um, well, there is one part of it, like um, events and marriages, especially this is in India, a season of marriage. A lot of people uh, hold their um, wedding ceremonies and stuff like that. And uh, several people are not canceling it and they are going ahead with it. And Indian marriages are not just like 100 or 200 guests there. It's more like a thousand and two thousand guest lists, and they all get together in one place. And uh, people will be coming from all over the country, and probably if they have their uh, friends abroad as well, they would be flying down as well. So that poses a great risk, and uh, none of these uh, people are listening to the government. So I did hear about in smaller towns and districts that the governments were. Uh, finding the uh, organizers of the uh, these kind of events, but um, it has not exactly taken a very stringent action with regards to curbing all of these activities, to uh, say the least. So it's going on on rampant, and um, the government so far, uh, though has issued these kind of curfews and orders and bans and stuff like that, it is not acting upon all of these offenders who are uh, taking part in these activities. So that's a problem we still need to address. I also had a follow-up about, I read this New York mm. Times article about how like the response to the coronavirus in India was really fast and like it's been really effective to the, for the most part because like in terms of like the spread of cases, but like you mentioned before, like people aren't being tested. So like it's not the most accurate representation, but I was wondering in your opinion or like of your, with your knowledge as like a news anchor, 
do you think the government re responded so quickly like because of population density and like the propensity for it to spread because like it's such a densely populated country or because of the implications that like an outbreak had for the healthcare system or if it was like a combination of the two of them so uh yes it is uh very true that India has responded quite quickly, even though it may not have the means to deal with an outbreak like uh, this sort, because um, India, to uh, say it quite frankly, does not have a very robust health system in place. China could deal with it. It could build a hospital, a makeshift hospital in just a week's time. But India is uh, nowhere close to that. And if an uh, outbreak at the uh, uh, at the level of China, if it ever comes down to India, it, the implications over here could be much, much worse. Because, um, like I said, uh, it's only till the cities right now, the major cities in India, which are mostly dealing with these kind of cases, and a few major towns in the state. But other than that, there are a lot of other remote places and villages uh, to which it could spread if it goes unchecked. So India does know that, you know, it has a, a kind of disadvantage. It is at a disadvantage with regards to not having a robust health system in place. So um, on that very basis is why India is acting quite quickly. It is trying to contain the spread of the virus, even without having the means to do so. It is bringing together all aspects of it and building more upon it because uh, they very well know that if it goes to the level of Italy or China, it could become the world's worst country affected by coronavirus. I was uh, discussing with my mom about, you know, uh, what her parents were dealing with. Um, and she was talking about like North India. Um, and she was mm. saying, and uh, like my grandparents live in um, Mumbai. And she was saying that they're like, the place that they are quarantining people um, are like, it's not a very like quality area. Like it's not like it's just in like a cushy hospital or something like it's not a very um, good place to be in. Again, like as you mentioned, people need to go to work. And like in India, I feel like it may not as be taken as seriously and there may not be as much like government intervention in terms of like getting unemployment checks to people, things like that. Um, so she said that what's happening is that most of the people or the people who think they have coronavirus or are experiencing symptoms are just going into hiding. And she like, gave me this whole story about how like um, a lot of the families are just going into hiding and kind of waiting it out um, and not like yes. contacting people. Um, is that something that you have encountered? And like, how do you think that we or, like in India as a country or in even the United States should like deal with that? Uh, so, yeah, like you said, uh, a lot of people over here um, who were asked to be quarantined or home isolated by themselves are uh, not following through the health department's orders because they are worried about the health system um, or its, you know, uh, lack of health system that is in place here in um, the in here in India, which is worrying them. And that's why they're not exactly following the orders given by the health department of uh, wherever they come from. So uh, that's a very apt problem. So that's why a lot of people are fleeing quarantine and it has become a major problem because uh, so far uh, from Bengaluru city, if we say there was not Bengaluru city, the state where uh, Bengaluru city comes in, Karnataka. So over there, there was a man um, in the northern part of the state who was um, 
you know, who had showed symptoms of coronavirus when he came down from Saudi Arabia at the airport over there. And he was um, asked, he was actually quarantined at a district local hospital there. But he did not trust the doctors, the government doctors over there and all of the equipments in place and how to deal with it, the treatment and everything. And that's why he fled quarantine. And then he sought out his private doctor who he was seeing regularly. And then it resulted in his daughter, another lady and that uh, doctor itself whom he saw, all three of them now testing positive for coronavirus. So that is a very grave example of how a person who might distrust the health system in uh, India might go on, uh, flee the quarantine, and then infect several other people. There was one case here in Bangalore City as well, wherein a man who, tra who had traveled to United States, he was uh, showing some sort of symptoms of uh, COVID-19, basically probably just cough and cold. And he was asked to stay at a hospital in quarantine. But uh, uh, while the doctors were attending to another patient, he fled from the hospital and then he just went on a joyride in the entire city. He went to theaters to watch movies. He went to play tennis at a tennis court and mingled with several other people. And so that became a cause for concern. And a lot more people had to be put under uh, home isolation. Whoever came in contact with this particular uh, person, they were all asked to isolate themselves. So that becomes a huge burden even on the... Um, health department over here, which is already not equipped to deal with a certain kind of outbreak to um, have, a, have an influx of people now emerging more because one person refuses to um, abide by the orders of the health department and refuses to comply. So yeah, the primary and secondary contacts of uh, these particular people uh, have been because of these particular people who were suspected to have COVID-19 fleeing quarantine in the first place. Um, why do you think there is such a distrust of the healthcare system in India? And do you see any like perspectives, like solutions or reforms or specific reforms that could maybe ease, ease that tension or ease that distrust? I think it's mostly to do with how the government hospitals over here um, are maintain basically the infrastructure and such things so any normal day if you go and visit any government hospital in india it would be not good uh, like i've been to several government hospitals and uh, the sanitization over there or the cleanliness over there is uh, quite bad and it would look as if you know you would get more diseases than you would ever be cured of if you go inside them but that being said, that's the usual state of uh, government hospitals in India. Uh, but other than that, uh, the other issue is that now the health department has ramped up its uh, facilities and all of the isolation wards in India uh, for COVID-19, especially for COVID-19, are quite clean. There have been reports and um, a lot of journalists were also initial stages were allowed to visit inside these isolation wards to just check up on how uh, these uh, wards are functioning and what kind of equipment they are using. So uh, for all of these patients, particular patients, there is nothing to worry about as such because uh, uh, these uh, places have been completely uh, sanitized. They are very clean. 
They are unlike the usual government hospitals. And um, over here, a lot of ventilation is provided. So that is one thing that people need to understand, which uh, they do not, because they already have an image of a government hospital in mind. When they hear government hospital and government doctors, they already have a set image and a um, in their mind. So that makes them quite apprehensive about going there. And also, there's also another aspect of it. All of these people uh, who might be arriving in India from foreign countries and might show symptoms uh, later on, probably uh, later on uh, as they continue their stay here in India, they often, first of all, visit a private hospital rather than a government hospital. So there was another case in uh, the city wherein a person, uh, the very first person who was tested positive in the city, he first approached a private hospital and over there he was admitted for several days upon which his test proved to be uh, positive for coronavirus. And after several days, the private hospital informed the government authorities about the case. So there was absolutely no communication between the private and the government hospital with this regard and it is a serious case and there have been several lapses in regards to the coordination between the private and the government hospitals as well. Just as I guess shift the conversation a little bit in terms of social media hmm. as well because I know in the US uh, social media has definitely perpetuated a lot of fear and fallacies about COVID-19 um, and I think our team read an article actually we were, we were reading about some of the kind of misconceptions that were spread around India, like one of them being the consumption of chicken, how that's correlated to COVID-19, um, and then mm -hmm. how that kind of decreased chicken sales um, tremendously. But I guess in your perspective, how do you think really social media has affected, particularly, I guess, yeah, the youth as well, or just opinions surrounding COVID-19 or like information that's given out to the public? There's a lot of funny stories going around in social media and people actually on WhatsApp groups and all, they keep forwarding these messages without any sort of verification. So that's become a huge problem. Just uh, another funny story is that tomorrow being the self-isolation day called by the prime minister, a lot of people think that uh, we all have to stay indoors because the government is going to fly in helicopters and spray some kind of um, you know, medicine in the air to uh, kill all the coronavirus virus. So that's the kind of misconception that um, social media is spreading. And um, the health department has also come forward many times through media saying that don't heed uh, uh, to all of these social media messages without verifying them once. But uh, in a way, the government has also started to tackle the issue, but not really uh, proactively to say uh, because there have been some cases wherein people were um, charged with certain uh, cases uh, for spreading misinformation on social media, trying to scare the people. There was also a case of a doctor who had uh, put up a poster outside its clinic saying that he has the medicine to keep coronavirus away um, and all of that. India has invoked what is called the Epidemic Diseases Act of 1897. That is the Colonial Era Act, which has been now brought into place to um, give the government certain strengths, uh, certain laws to enact upon the people of India if they ever defy the orders of the government. So in that way, they could be charged lawfully as well 
for spreading misinformation and for fleeing quarantine and trying to hide uh, certain information um, of you know uh, public health concern from the government authorities but uh, there haven't been really so many cases wherein we have seen the government acting upon uh, proactively upon the social media misinformation so far so i just had a quick question about the accessibility of testing i know that here in the united states um we've been told that testing will be free but first of all there's not that many tests to go around and treatment is still very vague as to who's going to pay for that. But how is it looking in India? Like, is there anything regarding testing that is being circulated yet? Like, is the government promising anything or stating, stating anything yet? Yeah, whoever government thinks is, you know, a suspected case of COVID-19, they pick them up usually at the airports, put them in quarantine at a nearby hospital for 14 days. And if uh, and their tests, uh, often those who are showing aggravated symptoms, their tests will be taken and they are uh, tested free of cost. And uh, in certain period of time, the tests will show um, as negative or positive depending. So um, that is how it is being carried out right now. But uh, there are also people who are coming by themselves in a panic panic state to get themselves tested but the government is not entertaining those people so far only people who whom the government has uh, now identified as particular potential suspects of covid-19 only they are being uh, tested uh, their uh, swab throat swab um, uh, tests are being taken and all of that and uh, only the suspected cases primary and secondary contacts are being tested but other than that, all of the individuals who are coming uh, by themselves saying that uh, they are having some symptoms of uh, COVID-19, those people are not being entertained, especially people without any travel history are uh, not being entertained so far because uh, it is a common belief right now that India is still between stage one and stage two and that it has not exactly gone into stage three, stage three, which is the community to community transmission. So whatever cases are coming in right now would be either from the foreign countries and uh, all of those people arriving in India and their primary and secondary contacts, if any. So only those people are being concentrated so far and all of the other people are being turned away. We also had recently a case of a woman who was uh, directed by her private physician who did not have any travel history though uh, to go and get te uh, tested at a government hospital for coronavirus but she was turned away from um, the hospital saying that she did not have any uh, travel history so the government cannot concentrate on her because um, it is also a uh, said thing that you know the government's hands are quite full right now with the influx of people who are coming in uh, all of the people from the airport who are coming in and there are some people who's who are not being detected at the airport level itself uh, because uh, at the airport they will only check your temperature and sometimes that is not exactly um, uh, the temperature does not exactly predict whether you have coronavirus or not. Uh, the symptoms might even show after a few days um, of you coming into the city. 
So, so far, the government is only concentrating on those coming in from outside the country and their primary and secondary contacts. And yes, all of those who are coming in from outside the country at the airport right now are all being home isolated for 14 days compulsorily because we've had several cases in the past wherein they were just um, let off after thermal scanning only to be tested positive later. Um, yeah, so... Amruta, I guess the, the government responses, of course, in the U.S. and um, in India to uh, COVID-19 are obviously different in many ways. But I guess another mm -hmm. thing that we often talk about here uh, at the round table is kind of uh, youth engagement um, in politics and uh, you know, civic engagement and civic education. And I guess I just wanted to hear your thoughts a bit on what that really looks like in India, kind of what the attitudes are um, of the youth towards go the government or... Um, so a lot of schools and colleges in India are also closed. Uh, they were all uh, stopped functioning um, over government orders and everything. So, um, yeah, a lot of uh, youth here in India are mostly aware about coronavirus and the seriousness um, of the same in India. And uh, they're all kind of following the orders of the government. They're also trying to educate their um, families who might not take it so seriously because the youth in India are, um, have access to a lot of resources than uh, their parents, the older generation would. And uh, the older generation is not exactly equipped to you know, handle all of the technology. So the youth in India, they have access to all of these uh, resources and they know how to use it. So they are very much well aware about the seriousness of the issue and they're also contributing towards spreading the information to the older generation who are the mostly ignorant population in India. So they're also making their families uh, take uh, certain precautions. They're asking their um, um, fathers and mothers who are working to um, stop working for the time being and stay at home. So that is a contribution that is being uh, given by the youth. And also um, several uh, people have now started volunteering, uh, at least here in the city with regards to helping out uh, people who might be having a lot of questions on coronavirus and who might be approaching government hospitals. So they're all uh, volunteering at these certain government hospitals. They've, um, they are sitting at the help desk, dealing with all of the people who are coming in with a lot of questions and directing them what to do, what not to do. And there's also a control room that has been set up in the city. Um, it's a local initiative by the authorities over here. Um, and uh, a lot of volunteers, especially the youth, have been called on to uh, help them out with monitoring all of the cases in the city, uh, basically the primary and secondary contacts and where they are situated, where they are moving towards and what are the um, areas which um, have a concentrated uh, uh, population of all of these uh, possibly affected people, the primary and secondary contacts. So uh, that's a way and uh, how the youth is being engaged right now. And uh, just recently, the city municipality also called on volunteers uh, to help them spread awareness through uh, probably street play or um, several other kind of engagement towards, the, towards their community in their little apartments as well. So in a way, yes, the youth in India are 
very well aware and equipped with the technology to uh, deal with the ignorance of the older generation. Can I ask you all some oh, yeah. questions now? I'm really curious about what's happening in the United States. So uh, basically, you guys are all from different states uh, in the US. So I would like to start with Sarah, wherever you are, like, you know, what is the situation like in, with regards to coronavirus? You obviously are, you know, at home right now. So you're taking classes online or are they, you know, um, having your classes uh, streamed online from the school itself? Yeah, so I personally, I live in Manhattan. Um, in, in New York City. So of course, a very densely populated area. Um, and I think we have one of the highest, not the highest count of cases of coronavirus. Um, so it's definitely kind of settled a bit of a panic <laughs> among some people. Um, for me personally, because I do attend a private school, I actually have spring break right now, um, as opposed to other um, other my peers who are kind of taking online classes right now and then starting spring break later. So I think this kind of came at a time where a lot of, of my of my I guess school friends were going to travel abroad, but a lot of those plans were canceled. We're kind of just trying to figure out how we're going to approach I guess online learning, which is going to come in a few in a in a week or in a week or two. Um, and we're trying to kind of sort out the logistics of that. But as of right now, people are definitely trying to limit contact with each other. Um, restaurants were all ordered to close for it, like, you know, in, in-person seating. Now it's limited just to delivery and takeout. Um, many people mm-hmm. are avoiding public places, such as the New York City uh, subway, uh, subway system um, for obvious reasons. And so I think right now we're kind of facing um, you know, a lot of, a lot of cases are popping up and I know that in California, actually recently, uh, a company called Abbott Labs just recently came out with a new testing system that they might be able to, you know, issue out. They're trying to get like millions of orders out and spread across the country. So testing, um, the testing problem and kind of the, uh, limited amount of tests that we have, hopefully those issues will start to be resolved. Although, um, of course, no one knows really what it's going to look like in the next few months. Hopefully schools will be able to reopen. But again, if the issue, you know, perpetually gets worse, it's not, it's not looking too great, especially in a densely populated area like Manhattan. I mean, I was, I, my spring break was supposed to start in a week from now because I got a, I got a public school. And so like, I remember Governor Cuomo had announced like, uh, not Governor Cuomo, Bill de Blasio had announced when the school shut down that teachers would still be going to the school building on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to like have meetings and like plan. But I know everybody other school, like every other school in the city did that except for mine because one of the teachers was like, I guess he's like really like germaphobic and like basically like begged for the administration to let them do like Zooms and meet. And so, uh, and then they were talking about, like, I emailed one of my teachers, and they'd said that they don't think that, like, like, they're preparing, at least for public schools, I don't know about private schools, but they're preparing for schools to not be open for the rest of the year, because, like, they don't think that people are, like, taking the flattening the curve seriously, and I just think for New York City, especially, like, 
people talk about like, oh, this is like a city that like you can't stop like the city, like you can't stop people from like gathering and stuff. And I feel like I've seen like parts of the city be like completely empty that are never normally empty, but like there are still like a bunch of people. Like I don't think the flattening the curve is really gonna happen anywhere because I don't think people are taking it as serious, but especially in New York, like people are just like, I don't want to say people just don't care, but like a lot of people my age just see this as like a vacation and are like still going to like parties and stuff and like going out and traveling instead of like taking it seriously. I mean, it's obviously not as great of an extent as it is in New York. Um, since both Rhea and I live in central Jersey, probably not as big of towns as like New York City, obviously. Um, I mean, it was disappointing that school got closed. I was really excited at first. I was like, oh my god, yes, like school's gonna close. And then I realized like then my sports season got canceled and we had like literally one practice before. So it was disappointing. So like pretty much everybody's disappointed about that because we were all looking forward to like actually going outside and playing games after like winter training and everything. But that's more like a privileged aspect of like why I'm disappointed. Um, there's definitely like an issue with people not taking it seriously as Juliana was saying. Um, you, you can just like go on social media and see people like hanging out. They're like social distancing, like this is what it looks like, but like, it's just annoying. I know it's worse in like, it was worse in Florida because people were going to the beach and everything. New Jersey's not that big of a vacation destination, but um, Schools probably might be closed for the rest of the year. I heard that Kansas schools shut it down yeah. first. Like Kansas, I was confused by that because so New Jersey, like it's not as bad as like New York City or like California, but it's still pretty bad. I think it's like 750 cases now and it's been growing so fast. Like it went from like 100, it went from like 200 to 500 to 700 in like a matter of like three days, I think. And so that kind of scares me, but I also... I think that like not everyone is taking it social distancing seriously, but I would argue that like the majority of like the population is and like just the amount that we've like limited our interactions. Like I know like I like I've been like I think yesterday was the last time I'm gonna be able to leave my house uh, except for like walks, but I went hiking yesterday because I was like there's nothing else to do. But um, like I think people have limited like the like their interactions and like just like the fact that pretty much every single restaurant has only has takeout or only has delivery they have that's I think an important step and um I also like um I, you know yeah so like Kansas has a very minimal amount of cases so I was very surprised that they were the first state to close schools for the rest of the year and I never I don't really understand it because um I would think that New York City would, or California would make that move first. And I know that now California's governor is saying that that's pretty much what's going to happen. Um, and then I think Florida also closed schools for the rest of the year, which I understand. I was surprised about Kansas, but I think, you know, I mean, if that's their idea, like precautionary measures, you know, that might help. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that there's a lot that's being impacted right now. And um, there's, like, I mean, I know everyone's saying, like, that it's the 1920s basically repeating itself in terms of, like, economic recession, um, in terms of the pandemic, and in terms, there's another comparison that I'm forgetting, but, um, yeah, and I, I, oh, I see that. outbreak? Yeah, thank you. So, that, like, there's a flu outbreak, yeah. So, um, I think that there's, uh, there's a lot of, like, you know, catastrophic things happening right now, but, uh, 
I do think that we'll be able to flatten the curve because the majority of the population and like a lot of the estimates that are being done by like research centers are not taking into account how like it may not be every single person has not interacted with like other people but generally like most people are not you know gathering in the way that they would have been gathering um but I do think I mean I I was thinking that maybe was my my spring break is um the second week of April for two weeks so I was thinking that we're just going to continue doing online school and then go back after spring break that's what I thought now I'm not really sure but um yeah that's my perspective so uh if we want to move towards closing I was thinking that one way we should I think we should close this podcast by going like around for every person and we can all say one or two things that um we've like learned or like discovered during our self-isolation or like something that is like we found of interest or like a hobby or something like that to keep a positive note uh so uh, basically i would like to hear about other people's closing comments as well on the presidential <laughs> elections that are going to uh, be coming up in the united states so uh, about my closing comments basically uh the political situation all over the world right now i think has been consumed mostly with uh, covid-19 and uh, trying to um uh, halt that spread of the outbreak and uh, italy has been so far the worst example of uh, how to not handle it and uh, china has uh, shown a lot of uh, strength in that regard so uh, we can say that on one hand like the governments are doing um you know whatever they can because they uh, do know the um uh, they do know the seriousness of the issue but at the same time i think public discipline is something that we all need to inculcate in ourselves and that would just make everybody's lives really easier so that's one thing that i, I want to share and um, yeah and also the uh, right wing growth across uh the world uh, the political scenario wherein there are more right wing parties coming to power and how you know that's kind of impacting the decisions that are being taken uh because personally speaking i'm more on the liberal side um and i do not see you know a great work a deal of work being done by all the right wing uh, leaders um i think one of my like takeaways that i've like learned during this social isolation um I've kind of tried to just like get more hobbies and like I don't know cuz like my school works like it's not like that's my problem with the online school it's like not a day of school really and so I've just been trying to do more things like like do more reading and like I also a recommendation is like making a schedule for yourself even if you have nothing to do cuz then like you feel like you have something to do all day and like you'll feel more accomplished I think also kind of looking at the like media while I'm sitting at home like by myself it just it's interesting how the response to covid-19 has also been kind of incredible in many ways as well like if you were looking at the positive side there's like many different people who are like putting in the effort to like you know donate and you know deliver food to you know people who aren't really able to get food for themselves and like I don't know it just seems like the impact in the community in response to this kind of pandemic that everyone is sort of you know <laughs> going through I guess together it's like a shared experience almost and kind of the bonds that are formed through that is is really interesting to see as well like I know for high school seniors like myself there's a kind of there's different threads online where people are talking about maybe hosting kind of 
a whole collective like prom or a graduation night kind of after uh, things settle down a bit because a lot of these events are being canceled, you know, for um, a lot, a large population of students and especially for college students who are like some of them are even missing out on their graduations because, you know, campuses are closing down. Like that's a real, real bummer for a lot of people. And I think that um, it's definitely nice to see some positive reactions. I mean, for me personally, um, I have a lot of free time now. I mean, I do my work, but I definitely, I have so much more time because I don't have practice or anything. So um, I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, it's a good show. <laughs> I'd recommend You're lying. It. I just started Brooklyn Nine-Nine as like one of my like activities. Yeah, it's oh crazy. My God, that's so crazy. I've also been like FaceTime a lot of people. I'm an only child. So like FaceTime is like, and I guess this podcast is the only way to like contact people my age. <laughs> so I've been getting like a lot of close, like a lot closer with kids that are in my classes, which, which is actually like pretty funny because it takes a pandemic to close school for you to actually talk to people outside of like your friend group, which is interesting to me, but it's nice. Like I'm biding my time. <laughs> so I mean I'm not really sure what else I can do at home I don't think I've gone outside in like the past <laughs> like 24 hours but <laughs> I'm like doing face masks and like self-care and everything I just like the most relaxed I've been in a very long time so I guess I'm kind of running out of things to do so if you guys have suggestions I really I need them <laughs> yeah yeah, like, I don't know, like, I've been, um, I made, like, a little list of, like, things I was, like, oh, I might as well, you know, do in my free time and stuff. I learned sign language this week, which was cool. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't know, like, I've been reading, I'm reading The Future of Capitalism. So, it's actually kind of, I mean, it's depressing, because the book is about how catastrophic our world is becoming, but um, I'm reading, and I'm watching a lot of uh, Netflix, and I'm learning new things, and uh yeah i think like just trying to keep positive uh paul i forget the name i'll send it later <laughs> i forget the author but um it's really really good but um I was gonna say, yeah like i'm just trying to keep a positive mindset and like keep you know uh engaged and i'm, I'm going on walks every day so like because that's the most anything i can do to get outside is nice but yeah That's all for today, friends. I'm editor Sarita Atabala signing off for all of us at Next Generation Politics. Please check out our website at www.nextgenpolitics.org to find out more about our work. And please recommend us to your civic-minded friends or to your friends you'd like to become more civic-minded. Thanks for listening.